Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm super excited to have you guys here with me again. I'm sharing part two of Kimberly Spencer's interview all on neurolinguistics and how what we say affects the way that we birth. This episode will cause you to question your beliefs no matter what they are. We also sneak in a quick conversation for all you entrepreneurs out there. Did you know that birth and business actually have a lot in common? I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode, but before we get into the show, did you know that you can connect with me one-on-one? Are you looking for some encouragement, a person to listen to your story, some direction or confirmation on decisions you're making during pregnancy and birth? Well, you do not have to go through this journey alone. So schedule a 60-minute birth prep session with me today, and I can be that guide to a blissful birth. You do not have to be alone on this journey. I would love to walk through it with you, and you can schedule by going to bit.ly slash birth prep session. All right, let's get into the show. This is a different kind of podcast. I'm a different kind of nurse and a different kind of doula. Hey there, my name is Allie McLean and I want to welcome you to the Empowered Birth Podcast. My mission here is to encourage you to strive for the best birth experience possible, knowing full well birth is unpredictable but also knowing that you are powerful and you are able to make the best decisions for you. You're going to get information you won't hear in your basic childbirth education class, as well as stories of women and birth professionals who are stepping into their power and birthing their way. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your journey from pregnancy to postpartum. This podcast is for the woman who is wanting a natural childbirth, but feeling unsure in her ability to. She doesn't know her options and she's feeling overwhelmed, looking for a guide. Is this you? Then stick around. You're exactly where you should be. That's why I love the midwife's model of care, because the midwife's model of care states with presenting all options and letting empowering the client to choose. That's what I believe the power of choice is. Whereas what I found more often than not in Western medical practices is there is more of a fear that if you don't choose this thing that I'm recommending to you, then something bad is going to happen. And that is not always them talking out of like malintent, of course, It could be they're, you know, maybe they're actually concerned. Maybe that's how they were trained. Maybe that's how they were programmed. Maybe the reason they got into obstetrics is because of they had, you know, their parents had a traumatic birth or something happened. So we don't know. But what happens is question the programming. And like for me, I, I questioned the programming when I was looking into going either the Western medicine route or midwifery. And when I went to an OB gyn and had my consult before way, but even before I was pregnant, I went in and was asking her, she's like, well, you know, if you're looking to get pregnant, you know, obviously you want to stop with the sushi and like cut out the red wine. And she's like, you want to do that? And I said, well, what about caffeine? And she said, oh, she said, well, according to the American Pediatrics Association, you could have like 
250 milligrams of caffeine. So that's like two diet Cokes a day. And immediately I was like, wait, hold up. So fish real (laughs) wine is real. Now I know not supposed to drink while you're pregnant, but I was like, so two things that are natural, but diet Coke (laughs) that has only chemicals and sugar, that's okay. That's fine. Like it was immediately with that response where I was like, this is not for me. That was one sign. And then the second sign that I had was when I found out that at this hospital, it was a very well-known hospital in Los Angeles, that I could be working with somebody for nine months, being in the room with them, doing the thing. And then suddenly when game time happens, they ain't there. They're on vacation. They're, you know, they're somewhere else. And I could be passed off to somebody else. Now, for me, having had some sexual trauma in my past, suddenly surprise, and I have a man up all up in my business, that was not okay with me, period. I was like, no, 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 that's, that's, it's, no, that's not okay. So that's why I started looking into midwifery when, when I found out like midwives, they don't really get a break, like ever, like they're in that for pure love. And like my midwife, like she consciously just told me, she's like, I haven't had a day off in years. So, oh, man, it is but, such a burnout job though, too, yeah. because of that. But they they do it out of, like you said, the love of birth, the love of women and just like this process. And I love too that you brought up, there's such a difference between the midwifery model of care and the obstetrics. And I think one of the biggest things that I see Uh, the differences is the midwifery model of care bases itself on there's a wide range of normal. It's normal until proven otherwise. And that's their, that's how they go in. That's the belief system that they're operating out of. Whereas the belief system, the most OBs, not all, but most that programming that they get during medical school is we need to prevent or at least, yeah, we need to take care of the problem before it essentially comes a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're treating problems that don't even exist, which therefore causes a lot of problems. Yeah. One of the other things that I saw, because I said we had a doctor always wrong. So (laughs) as our doctor that we got the ultrasounds with, that was fun because I remember when I first went to the first appointment and immediately like, he was like, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do. And I, I he said, you want to have a natural childbirth, but you've got placenta previa. Your placenta is covering your cervix. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, if you gave birth naturally, you'd bleed out and die. And I was like, oh, okay. Thanks, happy. <laughs> but then I said, okay, so what's, I mean, we're early on. What's the percentage chance of it moving? And he's like, I don't know, 50-50. And I was like, I'll take those odds. <laughs> That's not even the accurate number. It's like 90% of placenta previas moved by delivery. That's, and it was so funny because as soon as I went back into my midwife, they're like, yeah, placentas move. It's fine. And I just focused. I did some meditation. I did some donkway as recommended by some holistic practitioners that I work with and some Chinese herbs. And it moved. And I remember going in for the follow-up appointment. He's like, what, what did you do? And I said, mindset, (laughs) prayer, manifesting. And he was like, he looked at me like I was speaking this like 
Swahili foreign woo-woo language. And I was like, you were never trained on much of the subconscious mind, were you? <laughs> so, Man, I was there too with my second. And this was the one, again, like so much of that mindset and that yeah. linguistic programming came in to be super helpful because I'm like, I'm going to consciously choose not to believe that I'm going to have a placenta previa at birth because that anxiety, I mean, anxiety is such a problem with so many people, like you were talking about with fear and contractions, like how, how many issues is it causing during pregnancy, this anxiety of, of giving birth or the anxiety of creating a baby? Like, Oh my goodness. It's so amazing. But yeah, my placenta moved as well. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Because <laughs> it does. It and because, you know, there's a lot going on over the course of nine months. Like yeah. you got nine months for things to shift around. So when was that ultrasound? How far along were you? Do you remember? It was like eight weeks. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like gosh. eight to 10 weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. So crazy. I was reading something else on your website. I thought this was so insightful. And you said, I created this powerful story in my mind that affected every part of me, my career, my relationships, and my relationship with my body. I believed I was broken. So I continued to break off pieces of me to fit into other people's molds of what I thought they wanted me to be. I was a chameleon adapting to survive. Oh my goodness. I see this so much when it comes to women and birth. And they've created this story in their brain from either having a traumatic birth with their last or maybe something they've heard and just this narrative that they've created in their brain. They've created this belief. I think Mm -hmm. you said earlier, um, a belief comes from thoughts paired with enough emotional intensity that creates this belief. So, so many want to stay in this mold of what normal is and it's holding them back from what an amazing birth experience could be. So how did you break out of that chameleon type life and just this overall feeling of that need to adapt to survive? Courage. Like it takes a lot of courage to go, uh, to defy your own programming, to choose to change what you believe, to choose to question it. When people say, you're crazy for questioning it, or this is how it's always been done. Or, oh, when you, maybe if you did this, you would know better. Like it takes a lot of courage to lean into your own authentic truth. It takes a lot of courage to listen to your body and to what she wants. It takes a lot of courage to be able to trust your body. Like so w- women, especially, you know, cause I had an eating disorder for 10 years and so often with body image issues, we are taught not to trust our bodies. We are, are taught to not trust in this vessel that we have been gifted with. And so this lack of trust that we have in our own bodies, because that, that, that's what it is. It's a relationship. It's a relationship that we have with our bodies. And if we are disassociated from our relationship, which can happen if you've experienced trauma, like I had some developmental trauma growing up. My dad was an addict. So like being in that environment, there was some developmental trauma that happened so that I adapted my responses to fit that mold of chaos, but it doesn't, it didn't fit for where I wanted to go. And the problem is, is that most of our goals that we want to achieve, whether it's giving birth naturally or, you know, growing a business or growing a family, 
whatever it is, most of the goals we want to achieve require us to shift into a different identity, which means in order to shift into identity, we need to shift into a different, not just our habits as we go into this new year. It's not just like, oh, let me just put on our exercise shoes. It's who is the person who naturally wakes up in the morning at five o'clock to go for a run? Who is that person? Because that's actually who you are becoming if that's the thing that you want to achieve. Like, it's less about, let me just do this doing, and then suddenly I'll change. That's why the average New Year's resolution lasts seven days in America, and at most up until February, because people are focused on this doing aspect rather than the being. And it is our being that is created by our beliefs, our thoughts, and our feelings that we have. And feelings that we have on a regular basis, we can change those. We can choose to buy into new programming, but it starts with having the courage to question what it is that you've already been taught. And there's a fan, like my husband is a huge Star Wars nerd. And so we've been watching, it was his birthday on Monday. And so we've been watching the Star Wars series and I'm starting to nerd out a little bit because the NLP in that second Return of the Jedi one, the one where Yoda comes into play, Yoda has such big knowledge bombs. Like it's so amazing. So there's this one scene I'm going to nerd out for a second because it was just such a linguistic thing. Luke Skywalker's trying to raise this big, you know, ship out of the water. And he's like, I can't do it. It can't be done. You're, you want the impossible. And then you see Yoda and he's just like, Ooh, and he raises it up and he brings it up. And Luke Skywalker says, I don't believe it. And Yoda says, and that's why you failed. And I was Ooh. like, boom, <laughs> Yoda. Yoda, like, and because and, that's the thing is if you don't believe it, you won't actually achieve it. If you don't believe it's possible, like that is why your podcast is so amazing because it's normalizing different types of birth stories so that there is a variety beyond what we've been exposed to. It goes back to my example with a toddler. A toddler isn't questioning if they're going to walk. They don't doubt that in their mind. They don't have that like inner critic that's like, I don't know. Like they're like, they see everybody walking around for the most part on two legs and it's normal. So if they fall down, they don't question if they're going to ever get back up. They know that's normal. But how often are we surrounding with ourselves with people with birth stories that are the same, similar to what we would like to have? Are we going into that programming of what I call, it's one of the Trojan horses of every belief is and positive beliefs, negative beliefs, forward-looking beliefs, retro-reactive beliefs, all of these have these three Trojan horses. Every belief has safety. It has some belief that it keeps you safe. It has some belief, some form of control in it, and some form of acceptance and acknowledgement. So for example, a belief like, I can figure anything out which is one that I have cultivated over the years is one that now makes me feel so safe. It makes me feel so in control because I know that I can figure anything out. I get acknowledgement from that belief that I can figure anything out because I surround myself with people who are also solution-minded. Now, when I was in a victim mindset, when I was operating as a chameleon and I did not have that belief whatsoever, and I believed that I was a victim and that I was damaged and that I was broken... I surrounded myself with people who also were insecure and who also put themselves in unsafe positions. I felt in control because at least, at least if I was feeling broken, at least if I put myself in, in chaotic situations that I was very familiar with, at least I knew I could control and I could survive in. 
that's it's the same reason as to why many women who are in situations of domestic violence end up staying because they are familiar with it. It's not that it's good. It's not that it's positive, but they're familiar with it. So they at least they have a feeling that they can control and survive in it. And the same, and then the third one is that it gives, it, it gave me acknowledgement. By surrounding myself, I got to surround myself. Like back then I was working in Hollywood. So I was surrounding myself with a whole bunch of actors who also felt like damaged goods, who also felt broken, who also felt like they were the weirdos or the outcasts or the outliers of their families for wanting to go after this dream. And so I, I got acknowledgement for those beliefs. I would get parts for being the broken girl, the one who had, who had problems, who had daddy issues. And now it's like, do I really want to identify with that? Do I want to identify with that story? Because that story was so much a part of my identity. But it caught, what, what allowed me to change was questioning those beliefs. Questioning, is that ultimately true? Questioning, is that, is that something that is really a belief that is serving me for where I want to go, for what I want to create in this world? And when you can, ha- when you can question that, it, it changes the game for who you can become. Oh, that's powerful. And that is so much of the reason why I started this podcast is just question what we think is normal. Just because something is common doesn't mean it's normal. And when you have choices, you have control and you have more of a control over what happens because you know all of your options and you can think through it and reason mm-hmm. and question. And so, oh, that is so powerful. But I do, before we end this, I do want to switch to business for a minute. There are so many entrepreneurs popping up this year. It's been an amazing year for people starting their own businesses, despite what's going on in our Mm -hmm. economy. And so, and I think that is, it comes so much into play. Like there are people out there who are like, oh, this is a terrible time to start a business. And like, I'm going to fail. And, you know, like there's so much of that language that goes into that, but how did birth affect your business and where you came from and how you have grown through that experience? Well, I will say it's a lot easier to birth a business while pregnant or with an infant than it is with a toddler. (laughs) Toddlers require a bit more attention. Yeah. So I'm glad that my business got to a place where it was producing, it was generating enough income so that by toddler years, it was, but I, like I say, I have twins, I have a business and a baby. So both are simultaneously growing and both are in their toddler years. The thing about business is you're birthing something. It's like every creative process. The process of birth can teach you the best lessons in business. The process of giving birth naturally can give you the best lessons. And for me, I found with birth, you're combining the masculine energy and the feminine energy because there's a surrender that's involved and then there's a push that's involved. Both are required for labor. Both are required for creation. There is a push, the hustle of business that is that is necessary, going for the sales, sending out those emails. And there is the surrender, the trust, trusting your body, trusting that the universe has got your back trusting in the vision, trusting in the desires that are placed in your heart, that yes, you have this dream. And yes, if you keep going, you can figure it out, whatever it is, marketing, sales, any of it, you can figure it out to get to that next step, to get to that next contraction. So business like like birth has contractions. It has contractions and it has expansion. 
And every contraction is just allowing for more expansion. So I was working with one of my clients and she was going through a bit of a contractive phase in her business and also personally. And going through that, we were looking at how the contraction was actually strengthening her as a leader to then prepare her to be able to lead a team, to prepare her communication skills, to be able to really delegate and understand and communicate in a way that that would be effective to, to producing the results that she wanted to produce. And the contraction was also deepening her trust and resolve in herself. Because one of the things that I learned through labor was there was a moment, whew, there, was a, there was a couple moments where I was like, you know, it would be so easy to just get poked with an epidural, get some drugs, do it. Like I was a block away from the hospital. Like I thought it would be so easy for me to give up on this. Like why? And that is what business, same with business. There are so many times where it can be so easy to quit. It can feel so easy, especially in the beginning stages. That's why taking action is so necessary. In the beginning, it can feel so easy to quit. And it's always coming back to that. Why are you waking up in the morning for this? Why is this so important? Why does this world need this thing in you that only you can deliver better than anybody else? Because only you have the skill set, experiences, tools, knowledge, resources to be able to deliver it in a way that will reach the certain people that you can reach. Like I tell all of my clients, whenever I work with another coach, I'm like, there will be people who, because of my age, my height, my gender, like who I sparkle my energy, they won't want to work with me. And that's okay because they may want to work with you because you're more professional. You're more buttoned up. That's just naturally who you are. That's not me. Um, and that's okay. And that that's why there's more than enough to go around. And business is one of the best lessons for birth because, and I wrote a blog on this called how to make a healthy business baby. Because so many business owners, especially since there are so many businesses popping up right now, they get turned on by the Instagram version of business. It's pretty. There's nice photos. There's fonts. You get to play with Canva. Like, who doesn't like designing fun Instagram images? Like, you get to post things and people pay attention. And then after a while, there's not that reciprocation of your business reciprocating in the form of money. Because you're stuck in what I was stuck in, which is productive procrastination. So the only thing, this is what I tell every person who's starting a business, especially in this year, the only thing you need is just like there is one process to make a baby. A sperm has to meet an egg, whether it's you know inside of you or in a test tube, it's a sperm has got to meet an egg. Cash has got to meet your products and services. You don't, it's not a logo, logo, website design, podcasting, all of that is lovely flirtation, courting of business. What all you need to build a business is cash to meet your products and services. And in your products and services, your, your products and services just have to be inseminated with cash to then grow your business, baby. That is how you build a business. Just simple. It's as simple as that. Super simple. Right? <laughs> yes. So how can people work with you if they're starting a business, if they're looking for that, if they want to hear more and just connect with you about your birth story, what is the best way to do that? I think that this conversation was super, super insightful and I have absolutely loved it. So thank you so much. Awesome, Allie. I've loved it as well. Thank you so much for having me on. And 
And if your audience wants to connect with me, you can just go to crownyourself.com. If you're interested in growing a business or doing some deep subconscious, going to town on your subconscious mind and rewiring some stuff and some old crappy programming that you're like, I'm ready to get rid of that. Yeah. Just hit me up on crownyourself.com forward slash work with me and we can chat it up. And then you can find me also on Instagram at Kimberly.Spencer. Perfect. I'll put those in the description. Is there any last words you have for my audience? Anything that you would feel they would benefit from? Everything in life is a relationship. We have a relationship with our business. We have a relationship with our babies. We have a relationship with our bodies. Learn in every relationship, trust is required. Learn how to trust your body. And if there has been a relationship with your body, like I had, where there was broken trust, it does take time to repair that relationship. But as I say in my book that's coming out next year, you can divorce partners, but you can never divorce yourself from your body. So learning how to take your body to that counseling, if it should it be like marital counseling or relational counseling for you and your body to reconnect and rebuild that trust, so important for understanding and empowering yourself to really know where certainty and trust lies in your body so you can make decisions from that place of faith instead of from that Mm. place of fear. Ooh, ooh, that, there we go. That was it. That was perfect. Perfect. I mean, that is something I live by is I'm not going to make a decision out of fear. I'm going to make it out of faith. So, oh, so good. Thank you so much, Kim. I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Allie. Oh, wasn't that amazing? Who is going to commit right now to living out of a place of faith rather than fear? I know I am ready. It's not an easy process, but again, you don't have to go through it alone. If you're looking for community of other mamas out there who are going through this fear releasing journey together, you will for sure want to join our private Facebook group. You can find that at facebook.com slash group slash Empowered Mamas Tribe. You can find all the links to connect with Kim in the show notes below and all the links that I mentioned earlier about the birth prep session. And again, the private Facebook group will be there. You can do this. Challenge your beliefs. Connect with others going on this journey and find freedom to have a blissful birth. Stay empowered. Thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm so excited to have you a part of the movement. And if you haven't joined our private Facebook tribe yet, go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Empowered Mamas Tribe. We would love to have you there and a part of our community. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast.